currently binging the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate and comment. All greatly appreciated. So, yes, we are discussing season two of The Flight Attendant. If you listened to my season one thoughts, then you're probably shocked <laughs> that we're even discussing this. But there are a few things that I want to hit on. And I do have some notes, um, and we're going to get into that in a hot second. First, my warnings. This is a solo hosted show. It is just me. I can repeat myself. There's going to be spoilers. I can go in circles. Like, all those things. I am human. Give me grace. Otherwise, feel free to check out a different podcast. Um, Okay, there's that. I do want to give you guys some updates as far as what is coming up that I will be discussing. So... After this episode, I will be dropping my All-American thoughts because you guys know I watch All-American in a binge format and I have some things to say about All-American. I actually have quite a few things to say about All-American, but the reason why I'm mentioning it it here is because if you listen, listen to this podcast for a while or you listen to a majority of my episodes, then you know that I used to recap a lot of the um, broadcast network TV shows. And since we've been in the pan situation and even, I mean, we're still in it, so I hate to say post, but I just have not talked about any of those shows outside of All-American because I I watched All-American on Netflix initially. So that's, it's kind of different to me. Um, But if you want to hear my update on that, I am going to give an actual update of how I'm going to move forward with those shows definitively because I've come to a decision. I know I've been saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know what I'm going to do. So I am going to talk about that in that episode um, and just my thoughts on CW shows in general, because a lot of that broadcast um, network TV shows came from the CW. So (laughs) if you want to hear that update, make sure you check out the All-American episode dropping after this one. Uh, And then there are some other things that are coming out. I actually need to look at it. It will mainly be streaming things. I did see um, Top Gun. I'm not going to discuss it. (laughs) I did enjoy it, actually, Um, but we're not going to discuss it as like its own episode because I just don't have that much to say about it. Um, I know Miss Marvel is dropping soon on Disney Plus. Is that this week? Actually, I don't know. I need to look up the date for that. So we'll discuss that. Um, We also have Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is coming out at some point this summer. I've been seeing the trailer everywhere. Um, So there's that. I feel like there are some other things. Oh, there are some things coming up on Netflix as well as Prime. So we have The Boys on Prime, which is being dropped weekly. You guys know how I feel about that. Um, So that will most likely come up. And then on Netflix, we have Umbrella Academy, I believe, is dropping soon. We have, you guys know, Peaky Blinders. We are for sure discussing that final season. So there are quite a few things that are coming um, that you guys should look out for. But let's get into The Flight Attendant. I don't think I have too, too much to say, but we'll see how long we go. So if you have not listened to my season one thoughts, I highly suggest you go and listen to that because it will um, prepare you 
for a lot of what I have to say about season two um, because this is based on a book, at least season one was, and I did not really care for the book. I thought they that they did a better job um, of conveying the story on TV or translated from book to screen on um, as far as the overall story, but I did have a lot of problems with it. And so I don't want you to come into this being like, oh my gosh, she just is ragging on the show or she hates the show. No, these are just my thoughts, <laughs> my opinions. We're not all going to agree, but like these are just truly, honestly, how I felt while watching this show. And it's not going to be all good things. And a lot of this comes from just a lot of different types of stories that are just, I just struggle with watching and reading. Um, even though, again, the second season, like I told you guys first season, <laughs> we don't need a second season. Like there, there is no need, but I can see them giving us a second season. They gave us a second season. The second season is completely new stories that are not based on anything. Um, and I will talk about what I feel like about a season three, which if you can't tell, is probably going to be the same <laughs> as what I said for uh, a potential season two. So this season we come back, Cassie has moved to LA. It's a year later. Um, she is still working as like a, um, not an agent, but like a civilian agent. I don't know if they ever gave them a name with, is it the FBI or the CIA? The CIA one of those two. <laughs> We're already getting off on a rough start. Um, but she's still doing that. We are to believe that she has been sober this entire time. Based on how she's been acting, her interactions in the mind palace, we know she's lying. One of the biggest things I think that I struggle with with this story in general and stories similar to this is like the unreliable um, narrator, which is essentially, in, if you read it in the book, like that person, whoever the narrator is, they've either got amnesia, they're drunk majority of the time. Uh, there's like something that's prohibiting them from being trustworthy or for people from people believing them. And I think it's because I've read, um, if you're new, I read, I read a lot of books. I used to set goals of like 50 books per year and then the pandemic hit and that completely fell off. So now I'm just reading and it's like however many books I read is however many books I read, but I love to read mystery books. And for a while, a lot of those books were based around these unreliable characters, like all of them. And I think it just tired me out. And I don't know, I just don't enjoy <laughs> those types of stories but it kind of also plays itself he out here because Cassie is not really a likable at least to me Cassie is not a likable person I don't think she is we can argue it out all you want to um you're not going to change my mind Cassie is not a likable person she wasn't likable in season one she's also not likable in season two they try to figure out how they could translate the mind palace um from season one into season two. So in season one, in the mind palace is her and Alex. And I think there are a couple of times where she may be talking to herself. In season two, 
they take that and blow it up times a bajillion. As far as like creatively, how it looks, um, just the work to go in to create a mind palace with that many castes in it is like mind boggling. Uh, and I did watch some of the, um, like on HBO Max, they have like the after episode or after show scenes. I don't even know what it's called, but you know, when you get through to the end and then they kind of do like the behind the scenes for that episode where they talk about the cast and, um, like the producer and director and like all that stuff about things that like stood out in the episode. And so they did talk about how they filmed the Mind Palace and like, I think that's like, those are the things that I love is watching it and seeing like how it all comes together, all the work that goes into it, which is really, really great. I don't think it's sustainable for multiple seasons because it is a lot. Um, and it's a lot of being with Cassie on her own. And so this kind of gets into like my overall thoughts of this season and trying to like parse through, cause I'm not gonna lie guys, as I was sitting and watching this and I'm gonna talk about how, like how I watched this and how this was dropped in a hot second. But like, while I was watching this, I was literally asking myself questions. Um, like Eva, why do you feel this way about, <laughs> like literally interviewing myself, Eva, why do you feel this way about um, Cassie in this moment? Why is this irritating to you? Like trying to answer those things so that when I get on here and talk about it, like I can clearly articulate what the issue is. So it just comes down to Cassie on her own, where she's allowed to just spin and create these theories and there's not really anyone there to check her, I can't vibe with at all. It's just very frustrating. I find myself like audibly sighing and visibly getting frustrated watching it. Whereas Cassie with, I call them the trio, but with Max and Annie, I thought they had some great scenes together. You guys know I love group scenes. I love friend scenes, sibling scenes, like all, all the camaraderie scenes. I love it. Um, and I think also it helped because they felt included where Max in the first season was always included in um, like when we meet him because he's helping Cassie with, try to solve that mystery in season one. But in this season, like, they come to LA. We're no longer in New York. Um, they have like this, they're dealing with their own lives because Annie's trying to interview. They're thinking about moving there. Max has proposed. She's not really handling that um, in a healthy way. <laughs> but it's also like, it's hard for Cassie to lie to them. And so she like immediately tells them, or not immediately, but semi-immediately um, involves them eventually into everything that's going on where she's like, I'm being set up. Um, someone is killing people as me. I don't even want to talk about the reveal of who it actually ended up being because I thought that was super obvious. Um, the reasoning behind it was not as obvious, but like the two people behind it was super obvious from the beginning. So it wasn't like a hard hitting, um, mystery. And it was easy to kind of parse out like, who the main suspects were, even though they try to throw some Mr. X out there. So when this was eight episodes, uh, when it premiered, they dropped three episodes. And then the following week, they dropped three episodes. And then, or wait, was it two episodes? It was two episodes. 
Now I can't remember. I think it was just two episodes. So one week they dropped two episodes. So the, the premiere week, then the following week, they dropped two episodes. And then after that, they dropped it one episode per week, which I thought was weird. I don't know why they did it that way. Versus in the first season, I feel like they, if I'm remembering correctly, they dropped like two or three episodes the first week, then switched to week to week. And then I guess people weren't, I don't know what happened, but then they switched back to dropping multiple episodes per week. You guys already know, I prefer to binge things <laughs> that are on streaming services just because I don't know. I it, I just, it just makes the most sense for me. So I did watch this in two episode increments. So I watched the two episodes that were dropped the first week. I watched the two episodes that were dropped the next week. And then I skipped the following week. And then week four, watched two episodes and then waited till the last two episodes were dropped. So that's kind of how I did it. Um, and it worked for me. Specifically for this one, I... Just because I get so frustrated watching, <laughs> I would prefer them to just drop them all and I could just like zoom right through them versus like having to talk myself into um, making the time to finish the episodes and not being like, oh, well, this this show dropped an episode. I'll watch this instead. Um, I did find myself doing that quite a bit just because I didn't, I didn't feel like putting up with Cassie, even though she's not a real person. <laughs> So there was that. Um, we also like, and because we know Cassie's unreliable, we know she's going to make bad choices. We know her whole relationship with Marco is going to end in, in shambles. <laughs> we know she and Benjamin are going to eventually um, sleep together, which is essentially what happens. Um, Mo McRae, I've seen him in quite a few things. He is very pleasing to the eyes. <laughs> While we saw him, like, I don't know. I feel like they could use him more. And maybe that was just me. Maybe I just want to see him more on the screen. But, like, when we did see him, I was like, oh, yeah, you are there. Oh, yeah, she she does need to sleep with you because, like, that we need to have this conflict. But, like, I don't know. I kind of want to see more. Also, Shane. Kind of talked about this in the first season. Like, if I had to pick people who I actually enjoy watching on this show... <laughs> Shane is definitely high on that list and I feel like the beginning of the season we barely saw Shane he kind of like popped in and out to the point where you're like is Shane even really involved and then he kind of like we ramp up seeing him towards the end a little bit but you're never going to hear me say that I've had my fill of Shane because I haven't I think he act he adds a nice balance to Cassie and he seems to be the only one and it's the delivery as well because I feel like everyone else in a way outside of her mom which we're going to talk about that scene um but everyone else in a way especially this season this season I feel like everyone has so much going on that they can't they aren't really paying attention real attention to what Cassie is doing but also like no one's being like Cassie I I smell bullshit like what is going on and being direct with her and I feel like Shane is that person who is always very direct with her and he's always going to tell the truth and I appreciate that so the more Shane that we can see on screen especially where Cassie is concerned I am here for it um but I think the other so we did see her brother uh here and he's also kind of one of those ones he's because again 
everyone's dealing with their own personal things. So he's dealing with things that are going on between him and his husband, which is why he's in LA. And he's kind of like trying to make Cassie like his world in LA, but like not, I feel like he paid, he was more, um, what's the word? Not brotherly, but he was more like adamant on like, okay, Cassie, like cut the shit was going on in season one than I feel like he was in season two. Cause he was just, I feel like he was holding on to the hope and dream that Cassie was getting better. She's going to be sober. Like she's going to, this is like, I'm her biggest cheerleader to be this person that he was blind to like what was really going on with her. And so when we get to the scene where she comes home and she um, meets, not meets, but sees that it's actually an intervention or not an intervention. She's going back to like clean out like everything from her father and like purchase like part of the steps or whatever. And she sees that her mom is there and they have like a very confronting um, conversation, which I have to say, that was probably one of the best scenes of the entire season because you just could feel the tension off the screen. And it was a moment where like Cassie had already admitted that she hadn't actually been sober for her for a year um, she has slipped up. She had recently um, slipped up before they even went on that trip. And she had confessed this to her brother on the plane. And so she has like this conf- this conf- confrontational moment with her mom, where her mom is just giving her hard truths about essentially how much of a selfish person Cassie really is. And the moment where she um, told her, like, I love you but I don't like you or am I switching that I feel like people normally say I love you but I don't like you um and then you see like the hurt on Cassie's uh face and then she like slaps her (laughs) I watched the um like the post the after show scene behind this I was about to say BTS behind the show um scene where they talked about that and that was like all improv like Kaylee didn't know that Sharon Stone was going to slap her. Um, But I don't know. That was a really good scene. I appreciated that scene. Hard, hard stop. (laughs) Full stop, whatever. But anyway, so I thought that that was um, great to see. We did see Megan running around. I always thought like her storyline was weird. And unreal, I mean, the entire show is unrealistic. But, like, Megan's whole thing, like, she got out the U.S. undetected, got back into the U.S. undetected, essentially survived being assassinated by actual assassins. Like, (laughs) does not make sense. But it did give us a moment to see, um, what's her name? Did I write it down? When they were leaving, I don't think so. Um, But you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, She was one of the main kind of antagonists, but then ended up being an ally for Cassie Miranda. There we go. Um, So I thought that that was, it was a fun way for them to bring her back. (laughs) 
<laughs> to like be like, oh, this is why they were able to escape unscathed and get back into the US undetected. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Let's talk about the actual mystery. So, I mean, Cassie was pretty much on point um, when she was like, oh, I think it's Grace. And she is the one who essentially has been, oops, she's the one who has essentially been blackmailing me because it makes sense. Like she's never seen this person before. This person's running around with a blonde wig on. She's also a flight attendant. So she was on the plane with her when um, they flew to the location at the beginning that I cannot even remember where she saw the guy was um, killed in the, in the explosion. When she looked up, she saw someone walking away that looked like her. And then we get back to the U.S. and there's just all these crimes that are happening and the person who is the suspect is someone who's been dressing as her. Then she gets the suitcase back that has like all this, um, these clues in it that Max and Annie are kind of going through. I didn't even talk about them being like almost taken out by the Diaz's and then like being on their own solo mission as well. It was just like a lot of random things that happened. <laughs> this season and so many like separate storylines I was just like okay um but yeah so come to find out Grace was actually the one who was running around town as her which I thought was super obvious and was like duh but she was being um commanded or told to do the things that she needed to do by Dot who was essentially like I don't know what her title is, but like she's above <laughs> freaking um, Benjamin and her job is the job that he was initially going for. And she was trying to frame him so that he would go down and essentially lose his job. And then essentially um, Cassie would take the fall for like all the crimes that have been committed. I thought that was so obvious. It was so obvious. As soon as we meet her, it is so obvious that she is involved in some way with everything that's going on. Yeah, I might not have gotten the like whole her like doing this to um, like recruiting people out of, I don't know if it was the army or the Marines or I think it was the army, but like recruiting these people to do these missions for her. But like she was just shady from the jump. She, when someone tells you, oh, like report directly to me or tell me, update me directly and all these things. Like that puts my antennas up to be like, okay, what is going on here? I don't trust you. So I thought that was obvious. She ends up being the one who was pulling the strings the entire time. Um, Cassie surprisingly does not die <laughs> and she gets saved. So, I mean, I usually have takeaways for like the whole season when I, um, watch these shows that I usually want to hit on. Oh, okay. I only have two takeaways. The trio, I kind of talked about this um, at the beginning. So the trio is Annie, um, Max, and Cassie. I do like them together. I think that they have great scenes together. Um, even when they're just chill. It's like, even when they're just chill, you're like, oh my gosh, this is kind of funny. Or, oh, I love this dynamic. So yeah, that was my one point my other point was the mind palace I only wrote I hate the mind palace I really did hate the mind palace and it kind of also ties 
Like, I appreciate the work that went into the Mind Palace for season two, but I think my feelings toward the Mind Palace, especially this season, had to do with the fact that it was just all Cassie <laughs> in there. And Cassie alone, again, is just a lot of spin and a lot of like, oh my gosh, girl. Um, but there was a lot of nuance there. There was a lot of, um, a lot of like intergrowing that happened in the Mind Palace and some um, realizations and truths that Cassie needed to um, come to and realize. <laughs> so I do, I do appreciate the Mind Palace for that, but overall it was a lot. <laughs> so let's talk about potential season three, because that's really all I have to say about the actual um, season. So this has not been renewed for season three um, yet. We don't know if it will be. Uh, there were, there just hasn't been any official word one way or the other. There was an interview with Kaylee Coco who, where she is asked about a potential season three. And a lot of what she said, I didn't read the entire um, interview, but a lot of what she said, I actually agree with. <laughs> Not surprising. Um, one of the, the main things that she said was one, she feels like she wanted to give, if we were to come back for season three, she wanted to give it time because a lot of like the shows that she watched that are her favorite shows take a longer time between seasons. What comes to my mind as far as like taking long breaks is like The Crown, Atlanta, like those types of shows take ridiculously long breaks. Even Peaky Blinders, I feel like sometimes takes super long breaks between um, to the point that by the time the next season comes, you're like, oh my gosh, it's a new season. You're excited about it. And so she was saying that she would, um, want to have a long enough break that by the time the next season comes, like viewers are excited to watch it, um, and want to know what happened, what happens. The other thing that she mentioned, and these are just the two that like immediately popped at the top of the interview, cause I didn't read the whole thing, um, was that she doesn't even know <laughs> what the story would be because she felt like we, they told a lot of stories um, during the second season. And so it's kind of like, where do you go from here? I mean, how they ended things, it definitely leaves it open-ended. Like it, it felt complete, but it also leaves a doorway for them to be like, okay, this is another mystery that um, Cassie finds herself on. But I just feel like that's not enough. <laughs> And if we already get another season, like, I think the story has to be really, a really, really good story. Uh, and the crime or mystery that's being solved has to be a really, really solid crime. Whereas there was a lot of storytelling this season. I don't, I feel like the actual crime itself just didn't feel like hard hitting or like hard to unpack or figure out at least for me and I would want something that seems a little more like edgy and fresh and new and exciting and makes me want to like figure out what's going on or what happened um and I just don't know what that story would be 
And also, like, Cassie's an alcoholic, and so there's always going to be this element of, like, unreliability when it comes to her. And so what is the balance of mixing that in with a story where we have to solve something? And which is where I think the, like, if there was to be a season three, having, like, a long enough break where people are like, oh, this is coming back, kind of excited to watch it, or I want to see what they do, um, kind of comes in. But then it's also like, okay, we did the Mind Palace for two seasons. The second season, we kind of exploded it and made it into this multi-casty thing. Is that really necessary in in future seasons? I don't think it is um, because it makes us sit with Cassie's thoughts. And I personally don't think we need to sit with her thoughts uh, because a lot of what she thinks and a lot of what she does is the same. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of things that I would want them to just be like, to just go through, like make an outline, go through and say, should we do this? Is this necessary? Does this make sense? Like just go down the whole checklist before they're like, okay, we're going to do another season. Like HBO, be like, we need to see what the actual, I mean, they do this in general, but like what is the actual storyline going to be in a very solid outline before they're like, okay, green light. <laughs> hardcore but yeah I think that's all I have to say about the flight attendant um we got through season two I discussed it <laughs> I don't think I was too harsh actually in like sitting here in retrospect but you guys let me know what did you think about season two of the flight attendant do you even want to see a season three let me know all the things and I will talk to you guys in the next episode that's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currentlybinging on Instagram and at currentbinging Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.